Welcome to Wannabe Clutter Free, formerly Wannabe Minimalist, the podcast for busy families who are tired of the chaos, fed up with being overwhelmed, and ready to enjoy life again. Each week, we talk about how to let go of the clutter so that you can focus on the things that actually matter. And it's not just physical clutter. We talk about the mental and emotional stuff too, because if it's holding you back, it's time to ditch it. I share what I've done in my own life to declutter, organize, and calm the chaos, but you won't just hear it from me. There are amazing guests too. It's practical, doable, and simple for those of us that want to be clutter-free. You know how life doesn't stick to a schedule? Well, why should your paycheck? That's where Earn In comes in. It's an app that lets you access the money you've earned right when you need it, not just on payday. Imagine this, your dog suddenly needs a vet or your kid has a little accident and needs a dentist, ASAP. We've been there and waiting for your payday in those situations just doesn't make sense and it adds unnecessary stress. With Earn In, you can pull up to $100 per day or up to $750 each pay period directly from your earnings without the crazy fees or interest rates. It's super simple. Download the Earn In app, verify your paycheck, and get access to your earnings as you earn them. You decide what to tip, and whatever you use gets settled on your next payday. More than 3.5 million users are finding relief and a sense of security with Earn In, calling it a lifeline for financial stability. That peace of mind, it's priceless, and it could be yours. Ready to give it a try? Download Earn In today, spelled E-A-R-N-I-N, in the Google Play or Apple App Store. When you download the Earn In app, type in Clutter under Podcast when you sign up. It'll really help out the show. That's Clutter under Podcast. Earn In is a financial technology company, not a bank. Subject to your available earnings, daily max, pay period max, and location. See earnin.com slash TOS for details. Bank products are issued by Evolve Bank & Trust, member FDIC. You're listening to The Wannabe Minimalist Show, episode number six. On today's show, we're talking about how to get rid of paper clutter once and for all. Well, hello there. Welcome back to another episode of The Wannabe Minimalist Show. I'm your host, Deanna Yates. I'm so excited to discuss today's topic as we come to the end of the year. When I reached out and asked you what you wanted to hear about, paper clutter was a highly requested topic, and I totally understand why. Paper is one of those things in our lives that never stops. I have an ugly truth to tell you. You will always have to deal with papers coming into your life. There will be mail, school papers, bills, invitations, owner manuals, insurance papers, and so on. But the good news is that you can cut down on this paper significantly. And better yet, just because it comes into your home does not mean that it gets to stay there. First things first, though, I want to talk about dealing with everything that comes into your home on a regular basis. Sure, some people will start with all of the paper clutter you currently have, but I like to flip the script and start with the deluge that you get every single day. Once you have that under control, you can go through the piles that you have hidden throughout your house and clear those away. Think about it this way. If you start with the large stacks that you already have hidden somewhere or stacked in a corner, you're working with the stuff you've already mentally put somewhere else. There's a reason it's in a pile. It was overwhelming in the first place. Plus, while you're dealing with the past, the new stuff keeps coming in and piling up. Working from a clean slate gets you a win very quickly. You'll be able to take back control and beat the paper before it becomes clutter. 
Okay, so how do we do that? Well, first you need to have a central place where you keep and deal with the paper that comes into your home. This is where all incoming mail and schoolwork should go for processing. Don't worry, processing is not as scary as it sounds. It's really just dealing with the stuff. In this central place, I also include a family calendar for a quick look at your family's to-dos and activities. I like to call this your family command center. If you'd like ideas for how to create or update your family command center, I will include a link to a blog post I wrote about this in the show notes. It was a really great topic on things that you need in your command center and ways to update it if you've already had one in the past that wasn't really working for you. Okay, once you have a central place to deal with your mail, the second thing you need to do is figure out what to do with that mail that comes in every single day. I'm not going to lie. Mail is one of the most difficult paper clutter monsters that we have to deal with because it comes in every day and it never stops. Now, I've gotten to a place where I can batch our mail pickups. We live in a townhouse, and so the mail is in a courtyard and not attached to our home or at the end of our driveway. So we have to go out of our way to get it. I don't actually do this on a daily basis, but I used to. And you will get to a place where you don't have to do it on a daily basis either if you don't want to. So once a week, we pick up our mail and sort it. It's possible because I've set up a lot of our bills to be paperless, pretty much all of them. So most of the items we actually receive in the mail are not time sensitive. So we can get you to this point, you know, where you're doing a weekly mail pickup, but that's not where we start. To start tackling your daily mail clutter, there are five simple steps. First, collect your mail every day. Second, sort your mail immediately when you get in the door. It only takes a minute. I promise it's not that hard, but do not leave it in a pile by the front door or on the kitchen counter. That will set you up for failure. Three, open all your items like bills, cards, invitations. Four, create a central area where all of your papers will be kept. I love a tiered paper sorter to make this task easier. I'll link to a couple examples in the show notes so that you can get one if you need it, but they're really simple to pick up. And fifth and final is to clear out that sorter on a weekly basis. By following these steps, you will be able to tackle your mail clutter easily and quickly, and it won't feel like a hassle. I promise. So now that you know what to do with your mail and where to put it, let's talk about what kinds of mail and paper you will receive on a regular basis. There are four types of mail and paper that will come into your home frequently. First are mail and papers that require an action. Second are mail and papers to file and keep long-term. Third are mail and papers that are trash. You will toss, recycle, or shred these items right away. Fourth are mail or papers that belong to someone else. The key here is to process each piece that comes into your home once. That's our goal, to really only touch everything one time. This means that you need a system in place for where you store these papers before you file them and where to hold your items that require an action step. So when I say that you should touch and process each item once, that's making that decision as to where it goes. Now, some people will say that you need to file these items right away, and you may get there in the not-too-distant future, but for now, we need to just get these things organized as quickly as possible and as easily as possible. And so for me, that means using that tiered paper sorter. On one shelf are the action items, on another shelf are your papers to file, and on that final shelf are your items for someone else. So let's go ahead and dive in even further and discuss each of these four types of mail and paper. Okay, mail that requires an action. This may be something like an invitation or a bill. It's a piece of paper that requires you to act in some way. 
My advice here is to open bills and invitations, any envelope that comes in that's not junk mail. Open it right away. Keep the one piece of paper that you need and toss the envelopes, extra items, and you can even recycle that return envelope if you'll be paying or responding online. Other items you might place in your action folder or bin might be something you want to do. So for instance, let's say you found a recipe in a magazine you cut out to try or there was an ad for a new place in town to check out. These pieces of paper would be placed in your action category because you want to do something at a later date based on this piece of paper. So the trick here is to make sure that you actually do it. Don't let these items sit in the action bin forever. That really dilutes the purpose of the action items and you will get out of the habit of completing those tasks because your brain will start to associate that bin with things to put off. If you're clearing that out and doing the items in that action bin, your brain will get into the habit of knowing that that means there's something to take care of. Okay, now I want to offer you some bonus tips. I know some of you like to get extra credit and this is where that comes in. The point of today's episode is to give you a way to deal with your paper clutter. Now, these are the things that are coming into your home, but I also want to help you cut down on that paper that actually comes into your home in the first place. So if you want to get an extra gold star, take a minute when you are paying your bills and sign up for paperless statements. Usually it's very simple. The bills will have a website in the corner and you can just go on there and look for paperless statements and put in your account number and it's easy enough and it comes to your email. Now, I want you to give yourself a second gold star if while you're there, you sign up for automatic payments as well. This will take the task off your plate of making a payment every month. So now not only do you minimize one task, you minimize the clutter that's coming into your home at the same time. Now let's take a look at the mail or papers that end up in your to be filed area. This is where you will temporarily put those papers that you will store because you need to reference them at a later date. Examples of things to keep would be certain bills, only those that you cannot easily look up online. So utility bills and bank statements don't fit here. A child's schoolwork is a good thing to put in here. Now, that's not just the daily worksheets that come in, but a project or something with a good grade, something that you like or that your child is really proud of, or receipts, but we'll talk about receipts a little bit more in a minute. So just so you know, there are actually very few things that we put in our to be filed section. We've lived in our new place for about four months, and I think I have about 10 papers that are in my to be filed section that are not my child's schoolwork. And then we generally tend to look at the schoolwork um, on a regular basis together because it's hard to say on a daily basis which items will be our favorites from the year. There are definitely those things that come in and you know right away that they'll be tossed. We don't keep her homework or anything like that. Right, so the schoolwork um, that's put here is sorted through on a monthly basis. And I go through this with my daughter, and we only keep the pieces that she is the most proud of and that she likes the most. Um, Because I can kind of go through and get rid of the items that I really don't like first before she takes a pass at them. And then let's talk about receipts again. I only keep receipts for the month Uh, for the previous month. And then I check them against my credit card statement. And then once I've confirmed that the amount was correct, they go in the garbage. Receipts for business expenses are kept with our tax paperwork. So that's a completely different type of receipt. And I don't um, put those together. The third type of mail that comes in that we talked about is the mail that is trash. And this is 
all of that junk mail. Now, we all get a ton of junk mail all the time. Um, I will give you some ideas for how to cut down on this in just a minute. But for now, just remember that you just put this stuff in the recycle bin or shred it as you're processing your mail into piles the day it comes into your home. Don't let it sit in a pile on your counter because it just starts to pile up mentally in your brain and it's something that you never needed to keep in the first place. So get it out as quickly as it comes in. Do you wish you could find an educational podcast that your kids actually want to listen to and you enjoy too? Well, you're in luck. Mysteries About True Histories, affectionately known as math, is a weekly show full of time travel, puzzles, hidden equations, history, and lots of laughs. We listened to a few episodes, and not only did our daughter want to listen to more next time we're in the car, I found myself chuckling too. Every episode follows two best friends, Max and Molly, who work together to solve riddles and math equations during their time-traveling adventures. You're transported to moments in ancient history like Pythagoras' ancient Greece, the era of the Aztecs, Sir Isaac Newton's England, and more. Plus, they do a great job of teaching math theory without it being boring, complicated, or overly childish. And that can't be easy, but it's not really a surprise considering Mysteries About True Histories is from the creators of the hit podcast Who Smarted, Brain Games on Nat Geo and Disney+, and Brainchild on Netflix. Episodes drop every Thursday, and since they are about 15 minutes, they are the perfect length for kids ages 6 and up. Turn your next car ride, break time, or bedtime into math time with so much laughter that your kiddos won't even realize how much they're learning. So tune in to Mysteries About True Histories with your kids on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your pods. This podcast is supported by Active Skin Repair, a skin health company helping people heal with natural, non-toxic, medical-grade ingredients. We've been using Active Skin Repair for a few months now, and I am seriously impressed. They use a molecule called hypochlorous acid, which is pretty much a superhero in skincare. It mimics your body's own immune response, helping to cleanse, soothe, and reduce inflammation to support the natural healing process. And let me tell you, it works for more than just scraped knees. Whether it's sunburns, rashes, or even more persistent issues like eczema or acne, Active Skin Repair has got you covered. The best part? It's totally safe and non-toxic. That means it's gentle enough for every skin type, from the little ones to grandma and everyone in between, making it the go-to for everyone in the family. I scraped my knuckle the other day while doing laundry, and my first thought was to grab the Active Skin Repair because one, it doesn't sting like other products, and two, I knew it would help me heal faster. So if you're looking for a natural, effective way to handle boo-boos, check out Active Skin Repair. And because you're a listener, you can get 20% off your order. Visit ActiveSkinRepair.com to learn more about Active Skin Repair and to get 20% off your order, use code CLUTTERFREE. Again, that's ActiveSkinRepair.com and use code CLUTTERFREE to get 20% off your order. And then the fourth and final type of mail that we talked about was mail that belongs to someone else. So if there is some mail or paper that belongs to someone else in your home, like your spouse, a teenage child, or a parent that might be living with you, this mail can go into a special inbox for that person. You can clip it to a clipboard, you can put it in an inbox type file system, or you can put it on one of your tiers. Either way, separate it out and give the responsibility of that paper to its intended receiver. Now, I'll give you a little side note here. I only pass on the important papers to my husband. So for us, that would be things like paychecks, items for his business, or things that require a signature. I process all of our bills and sort any junk mail that comes into our home. Make sense? This isn't a tit for tat. If it's junk mail, I'm not going to make him process it. That really would slow down the system. This keeps the machine running well, 
And I think you get it, so let's go ahead and move on. And then finally, let's discuss what it means to process these papers as they come in. So I have a file folder system for each of these categories. As items come in daily, I open the envelopes, take out the important pieces I need, sort out the papers to where they belong, those are the action items, to be filed, recycled, or for someone else, and then at the end of the week, you file the items that need to be kept, put the action items on a centralized calendar if you haven't taken care of them already, and clear out that file folder system or your paper sorter. This is a system that takes a little bit of time to master, but once it becomes part of your routine, it will become a habit. And just like brushing your teeth, it will feel weird if you skip it. So your paper clutter will start to be under control on a regular and daily basis. Now that you have a plan for the paper that comes into your home on a daily basis, what do you do with the paper that is already in your home? I love the scale that Dawn from The Minimal Mom uses. It's a scale organized kind of like a traffic light. It has green for easy to replace items, yellow for slightly difficult things to replace or find, and red for things that are very difficult to replace. So, okay, let's talk about those a little bit more. Green are the papers that you can easily replace or do not bring value to your life, so you can get rid of them quickly and easily. This would be things like store circulars, old magazines, newspapers, flyers for events that have passed. You will not miss these items if you get rid of them. Yellow are things that you can replace, but you might have to look around a little bit to find them. So think appliance manuals or bank statements. They're available online, and so you don't need to keep them. You know, thankfully, the internet has made it so much easier to find things like this online. And especially those owner manuals, you can usually Google the question you have, and somebody has already figured out the solution, and you don't have to read through that manual that you never understood in the first place. A side note here, if you don't like relying on others to store this info for you, like think about your bank statements. If you don't want to rely on your bank to keep those statements for you for the next two years, you could keep an electronic record of these on your computer. So that way you have a copy, but it's not physical paper stored in your home. It's definitely safer to get paperless bank statements because your bank statement will not be sitting in your mailbox. Uh, where it could get lost in the mail or it could be taken by an identity thief. So definitely recommend doing online paperless statements. And if you don't trust your bank or want to rely on your bank to hold those statements for you, you can download a digital copy and keep those for yourself. But you only need to keep the last two years of bank statements. So make sure you clear those out. And the third were those red things. So these are the things you would have a difficult time replacing, like tax statements with the backup documents, your birth and marriage certificates, and irreplaceable things like those that were from a loved one that's passed away. So they cannot be replaced. So you're going to use this barometer of things when you go through all of the paper clutter that's in your home right now. So in order to conquer that paper clutter, I recommend gathering it all in one central place and going through it in one sitting. Now, of course, I know that is easier said than done because we are busy parents with kids, jobs, partners, friends, parents, and our phone pulling us in a million different directions at any given time during the day. If there's too much to do it all in one sitting, do one room a day or do one drawer a day, whatever you do. But Use that barometer of easy to replace, so get rid of it, medium to replace, so find the replacement and then get rid of it, or the red, you know, definitely things that cannot be replaced, and those are the only things that you need to keep a physical copy of and keep them in a file folder. 
Are you in need of a bit of encouragement and somewhere to start? I know it can be hard. So I came up with 10 items that I recommend tossing immediately. You shouldn't even have to worry about these things. And so once you start to get rid of them, it will definitely lighten your load. So number one, magazines. If you have a magazine subscription, make it a point to read the magazine when it comes in and only tear out pages that you are really going to follow up with. I mean, think about it. How many of us have clipped recipes or cute ideas for magazines and never looked at them again? I was totally guilty of this in college, and years later, I found my notebook filled with all these magazine clippings, and oh my goodness, (laughs) it was pretty funny. Now, I'm going to date myself because the internet was not what it is today, and Pinterest definitely didn't exist, but I still didn't need to keep those clippings that I thought would be important someday or that I would look back on. When I looked back, the information was super dated, and I'm kind of embarrassed that I actually thought I would look back on some of that stuff. Nowadays, anything you want is available with a quick search on your phone. There's no need to look through your files of magazine clippings. You can toss the magazine and look up what you want whenever you need it, right on your phone. It's in your pocket or in your purse. It's always with you. You never have to go back and dig through a pile of papers. I would also encourage you when you're going through your magazines to consider giving up those magazine subscriptions. Looking through magazines is like soaking up one giant advertisement. As you look through the perfectly laid out pages, you might find yourself in comparison mode. I definitely do. And to be honest, I don't really look at magazines that much anymore. Every once in a while, if I'm on a plane or I'm getting my hair done, it's a nice guilty pleasure to get to do, but I definitely don't have them coming into my home. Because really, it's a slippery slope. Before you know it, you are feeling dissatisfied with your own life and longing for the made-up one on those glossy pages. So for me, the easiest thing is just to not even invite that dissatisfaction into my home. Okay, so that was number one, magazines. Number two of something that you can toss immediately are old greeting cards. I know, this one can be sentimental and tough, but I want you to go ahead and keep those that have a meaningful inscription if you want to, but know that it's okay to let go of greeting cards as well, especially those that simply say happy birthday and love from whoever gave it to you. The feeling you got when you received that card was all you ever need to hold on to. It's really the thought that counted that person loved you and sent you the card, and so now you know that and you can move on. Okay, number, so number two was old cards. Number three are notes from old courses or conferences that you attended. Oh, this one can hurt. It can be especially hard to let go of these things because you probably spent decent money for that course or to go to the conference. If you've referenced the material in the past year, go ahead and keep it. There are definitely some courses that I have taken that I still reference back, and so I'm glad I have those notes. But if you haven't looked at it in some time, chances are the information is outdated and it's no longer relevant. You can let it go and be open to new information. I also was guilty of this part where I was holding on to these old digital courses for things that just didn't even matter. And so I finally was able to let them go. I cleaned up space on my computer and it really just helped mentally too when I was looking through all these different files on my computer to be able to say, okay, I'm moving on past that. And now I'm open to learning new things. It feels great. Okay. Number four thing, something that you can toss immediately would be receipts. I briefly touched on receipts before, but let's dive back into these. 
First, I wanna make sure that you keep all of your business receipts. Now these are for your end of the year taxes. I go ahead and I file these in their own separate file so that at the end of the year, or beginning of the year really, when I'm doing my taxes, it's much easier. I just pick up that file, I can go through all of that information, and that part is, makes it a lot simpler for me. But those personal receipts, I like to keep my personal receipts for a month and then check them against my credit card statement. That way I just know it just makes me feel more comfortable with what's on my credit card and I can keep up with those uh, purchases, helps me with my budgeting process and all of that stuff. And then when that process is finished, I toss the receipts. But let's be honest, today is really about starting out and how to deal with your paper clutter. We can get you to the point where you're able to do more budgeting and you know, make sure that your credit card bill is um, accurate. But right now we're talking about how to clear paper clutter out of your house. No one told us the truth about parenthood. Why? This is the podcast everyone needed before they had kids because now that those little ones are here, there is a lot to unpack. I'm Rachel Shepardota, and I am your host for the podcast, No One Told Us, where we tell the truth about parenting and let you in on all the stuff you really should have known about before having kids. I am the founder of Hey Sleepy Baby, but this podcast is so much more than sleep. We'll be diving into all the topics that you really care about and need to know while you do your best job raising those adorable, tidy humans. Our goal is to just make you feel less alone and less overwhelmed. There are so many things that no one tells us before becoming a parent, and I think that we should really pull back the curtain on becoming a first-time or second-time mom or dad to share the good, the bad, and the ugly. We'll have a little education, a little fun, and a whole lot of heart that goes into each and every episode. So join me and our amazing guests each week to hear us talk about what no one told us. Hey there, I'm Debbie Reber, the founder of Tilt Parenting and the author of the book, Differently Wired. The mission of Tilt is to change the way neurodivergence, whether that's having a learning disability, having ADHD, being gifted, autistic, or some combination of all of the above, is perceived and experienced so differently wired kids and the parents like us raising them can truly thrive. On the Tilt Parenting Podcast, I get to talk with authors, therapists, educators, and parenting experts who are committed to this mission. I ask the questions my listeners are most curious about when it comes to supporting our kids. And in turn, my guests share strategies for challenges, out-of-the-box ideas for navigating school, best practices for therapies, tips for advocating, and so many thoughtful insights on what it really takes to help our kids grow up feeling seen and respected so they can create awesome lives for themselves. I know that raising a differently wired kid can feel overwhelming and isolating, but I promise you, you are not alone and it can feel so much better. If you're on this parenting journey, come listen to Tilt Parenting. Together, we can shift this paradigm and show up for our exceptional kids with hope, possibility, and joy. So if you don't have a handle on your paper, you have my permission to throw away anything that is not business related. I will be sure to do a follow-up podcast for those of you that want more in, a more in-depth process for how to handle every little piece of paper. But for those of you that just want to be able to get rid of this stuff, you have my permission. You really only need to keep the business receipts. Okay, item number five, coupons. Oh boy, coupons. <laughs> if it's to a store or a restaurant that you frequent, feel free to keep the coupon, but keep it in a place where you will actually use it. For me, this would be my purse or in my car. If it's to a new place that you want to try, go ahead and keep that coupon. But again, in your place, in the place you'll use it. So purse or car and make it a point to go there. So in the past, I've gone even so far as to put a date on our calendar 
that we're going to go to this new restaurant or we're going to go to this shop to check something out. Because if it's not on my schedule, oftentimes I will forget to do it. Now, if the coupon is to a place that you've never gone, you don't plan to go to, you don't want to go there, recycle it. Get rid of it. Get it out of your house. I know that seems simple, but you would be surprised at the things we have a hard time letting go of. And coupons are one of these things. They work because we feel like a coupon is free money. But repeat after me, you actually spend more money to use a coupon than to throw it away. That's why it's important to only keep those coupons for the stores that you already go to, the places you are already going to spend money at. That's when a coupon actually holds value. Because think about it. Spending zero on an item you don't need is going to save you more than spending $20 and saving $5. So in the end, you end up spending $15 on something maybe you didn't need in the first place. Only keep coupons and use them for places where you were already going to go, even if you didn't have that coupon in your wallet. All right? Makes sense? Okay. All right. Number six of things that you can throw away immediately. Your child's daily artwork. Oh boy, again, I feel the mom guilt rising up in some of you. It's okay to not want to keep all of your kids' artwork. I promise. This does not make you a bad mom. If there is a piece that you really like, keep it. If it's a daily doodle your child made at preschool, elementary school, making crafts together, or at the gym's kids club, you know, put it on your fridge for the day and toss it when the next piece of artwork is done or comes into your home. I know it's hard to throw some of these little creations away because we all love our children and we're all biased that they are amazing and adorable, and they are. But you don't have to keep their artwork, their daily artwork, these little doodles to show your love to them, okay? All right. Number seven of something that you can toss right away are school flyers. So now that our daughter is in elementary school, there is so much more to keep track of. And now I know there will only be more as we move up through the grades and get more involved in after school stuff, but let's set a good foundation, shall we? Now, her school actually uses a program called Peach Jar, so we get virtual flyers. But for those of you who get paper ones, here's what I recommend. Have your kids go through the habit of emptying their backpacks every day. Look over the flyers and then sort them with your daily mail. These will most likely be things that either have an action item or that you can toss. And then just take care of these flyers when you take care of the mail. Action items go on the calendar and in your action bin, and then the toss pile can just be put right in that recycle bin. Easy peasy. All right, number eight of paper clutter that you can get rid of right away are catalogs. Now, my first thought with catalogs is to just toss them. Get them out of your house as quickly as possible. Remember how I was talking about magazines being one big advertisement? Catalogs are definitely one big ad advertisement. And honestly, they are a minimalist worst nightmare. You will glance through a catalog and see something cute you want. Your kids will look through them and create a wish list or beg for something new. Your husband might find something he wants and goes ahead and buys it. Now, any way you slice it, you or someone in your home will want something they didn't know existed before they opened that catalog. My advice to you is to stop the madness before it even starts. So before you toss that catalog, Go online to catalogchoice.org and unsubscribe from the catalog. 
Trust me, that website is your best friend. I will make sure I put a link in the show notes below. Again, that's catalogchoice.org. So we just moved into a new place this summer, and I cannot even tell you how many catalogs we have received for the old tenants. It actually breaks my heart a little bit every time I open our mailbox. It's just such a waste of trees and money and time and energy. I have unsubscribed my address from about 40 catalogs, and that is not an exaggeration. This time of year is even worse, and companies are expecting you to spend more at the holidays. So resist opening the catalogs, and it will be so much easier. And in fact, if you're looking for clutter-free gift ideas, check out episode number five. It's all about gifts that you can give that are full of meaning without adding clutter and stuff to your home. I'll make sure to link to the episode in the show notes too. Okay, that was number eight. Number nine of paper clutter you can discard immediately are store circulars. So pull out the one for the store you shop at and recycle the rest without even a glance. You will save time and money by not going to multiple stores each week and by shopping with a specific list at your regular store. Now, right now, we are talking about how to cut down on paper clutter. This is about simplifying your life and your home. We can talk more about saving money in future episodes, as I know some of you are saying, but I like to go where the deals are. And if it works for you and you have a system in place, you keep doing you. But for those of you drowning in paper, pick out the one for your store and ditch the rest. Okay? Good. And then of course it should go without saying, but if you're going through the paper clutter that's in your home and there's old store circulars, immediately get rid of those, please. Okay. Number 10, the last one that I recommend getting rid of immediately is the newspaper. So I actually recommend that you recycle these, and that's mostly with this paper clutter, okay? Can we understand that? Great. But newspapers pile up so fast, and if you get behind, it is almost impossible to catch up on old newspapers. If you are so inclined, I actually recommend that you stop receiving your newspaper subscription, the physical one, and look into getting a digital version. It's easier and more convenient for you, and it's better for the environment. But if you do want to keep receiving the paper one, at least make sure that you put your newspaper on hold anytime you go on vacation or... Um, you know, won't be at your home for a long period of time because that way you can donate those papers back and it's just less stuff for you to deal with when you get back from a vacation when you're already tired. And there you have it. We looked at how to deal with paper clutter that comes into your home every day via the mail and your children's backpack. We discussed how to sort through the old paper clutter around your home. And finally, I listed 10 items that you can toss immediately if you need a place to start. And to make it all even easier, I have created a cheat sheet for today's action items. You can download it for free at www.littlegreenbow.com forward slash paper clutter. Again, that's www.littlegreenbow.com forward slash paper clutter. But before we go, let's recap the steps for you. When dealing with your daily paper clutter, make sure that you, one, collect your mail every day. Two, sort it immediately into paper that requires an action, paper to file, paper to recycle, and paper that belongs to someone else. And then three, at the end of the week, clear out your paper sorter, put all the action items on the calendar or complete them, and file all papers that need to be held in storage. Okay? Then for your paper clutter already in your home, remember the traffic light system. Green, 
These are the items that you can toss as they are easily replaced. The 10 items I listed at the end of the show fit perfectly into this category. Yellow are for the items that are replaceable with little effort, so go ahead and toss these items too. These are things like bank statements, owner manuals, and utility bills. Now, of course, with those bank statements, you're going to want to go ahead and shred those, at least shred the sensitive information. And then the red part, those are the items that you need to keep because they are difficult to replace or irreplaceable. These are items like birth and marriage certificates, tax returns within the past seven years, or items from a loved one who has passed away, and so you cannot replace them. Don't forget, I also created that cheat sheet for today's episode so you can get your paper clutter under control. We've covered a lot of tactics and information today, and if you're like me, you are probably not sitting at a desk taking notes. Don't worry, there is a beautifully crafted cheat sheet waiting for you in my freebies library. Next week on the podcast, we'll be discussing a very timely topic, how to simplify for the holidays. I'm super excited about this topic because the holiday season is all about spending time with your family and your friends, not about stuff, keeping up with the Joneses, or impressing people. It will be filled with fun tips on how to make this holiday season one to remember. You won't want to miss it. See you then. When it comes to raising kids, there's so much to consider. Things like, what do we feed them? When do we feed them? How do they sleep? What does it look like to raise kind kids? How does their nervous system work? How do I keep myself calm? What are my triggers? There's so much that comes into play. And we are distilling all of that information for you at Voices of Your Village podcast, where we bring experts in the field of early childhood and education and psychology and across the board so that you don't have to comb the internet for information. You get to show up and hang out and have shame-free, judgment-free conversations and insights into what it looks like to raise kind, empathetic, emotionally intelligent humans. I'm Alyssa Blask Campbell. I have a master's degree in early childhood education. I'm a mom of two, and I am walking this journey right alongside you doing this work. Come hang out with me at Voices of Your Village, and we can dive into real conversations with actionable tips.